On this episode of the Big Stick Golf Podcast, we are entering a brand new season of the PGA Tour. We took the Safeway Open off last week, but we've already got a major championship. The U.S. Open is this week. We're extremely excited about it. We're going to take you through all of that, get you ready for the tournament and uh, the what is looking to be really, really tough conditions in uh, New York at Wingfoot uh, for all the guys. So really excited about the U.S. Open, going to get you ready for that. Uh, before we get going, though, be sure to go check our friends out at Torchbearer Sauces. You can find them at torchbearersauces.com. Use the promo code 9iron at checkout. The number 9, the word iron at checkout. Get 20% off any of their delicious sauces. I would highly recommend it. Also, uh, before we get going, be sure to follow us on all the handles at Big Stick Golf Official. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. That's it for me, though. Let's get this PGA Tour season going. Let's go. glory. I mean, any tour event's a big deal to win, but to win a major is obviously another level. There it is! Can you believe it? Nick Maldo! Oh, man. That was so much easier than putting. I should just try to get the ball in one shot every time. Welcome to the Big Stick Golf Podcast! All right, everyone, welcome into the brand new season of the Big Sick Golf Podcast. I'm John Guest, joined as I am always by C-Money Carlton Smith. I'm uh, super pumped for the new season. The end of the FedEx Cup playoffs was uh, pretty exciting. We're going to go through that a little bit. We took last week off. Uh, I guess that was our hiatus for the Safeway Open. Uh, wasn't wasn't the most important tournament in the world, but it was, uh, I guess, they, they made it happen out it. there. Played <laughs> it out there in California. Stuart Sink, we'll just go ahead and give him props real quick. He's 47 years old. Stuart Sink returns to the winner's list. I mean, great way to get your season started. So, congrats yeah. to Stu Sink. But, yeah, let's get going. Let's kind of get into the uh, Tour Championship real quick uh, just because we didn't hit on it last week. But um, Dustin Johnson, I mean, basically all you can say was he, he did what he, – he didn't have the best week as far as his score. He didn't play um, – he played really well. He shot 10 under for the for four rounds. But – uh, wasn't wasn't the lowest guy on the course, but he still did enough given the the, the lead he, he got for being first into the – started out 10 under and ended up finishing 20 under, ended up winning by a couple shots. First first career FedEx Cup championship. Uh, I want to give him props for that, obviously. A couple other guys, like I was uh, – watching that tournament, I was so impressed with Xander Schauffele. He really oh, – uh, yeah. he really, really made it um, – yeah, I mean, he at least made it entertaining because nobody else was really – there was a couple guys there, like JT was kind of hovering around. Um, but he wasn't, he was kind of up and down throughout the week. He wasn't really making big moves, but I, I thought legitimately on Sunday, I thought Xander Shoffley had a chance to win that tournament, but yeah, give me some of the takeaways you had from the tour championships specifically with what DJ did and, and Xander and a couple of the guys that were playing well, but what, what, what did you kind of notice as, as that season wrapped up? Xander was definitely the guy that I thought had a shot. I think it was going into the 16th hole. Mm -hmm. It was, it kind of turned into a tournament and I mean, it's nothing that he really did. DJ, he shut it out. Like he did his job on 18. That little up and down out of the bunker was pretty, uh, pretty clutch, but Xander played well. DJ played well enough, like you said, and just what he did throughout the course of the season. That's what you get, man. You get that eight stroke lead. That's mm -hmm. that's your prize, brother. Like I have to, I have to say, I was um, a little bit extra impressed with with. I mean, of course, obviously, DJ is incredibly impressive in all regards. But I was, you know, the fact that Xander had made it a tournament by the time we got to those final stretch for people that haven't been out to East Lake or aren't too familiar with the course that those at least until you get to 18, 15, 16, 17 are just incredibly tough holes. Brutal. Um, 
15 is that, I mean, it's a 230 yard par three and about, about, oh God, 210 of it is over water. Just incredible. <laughs> and when you're standing back there behind that tee, if you've ever been there in person, it's in, just incredibly daunting. You almost can't even tell that there's a green up there. So DJ comes up there. He's got a two shot lead. He's got to hit great shots throughout the rest of the round and to be able to hold him off, uh, to hold Xander off. If he hits it in the water on 15, he's probably going to make double. Uh, could save a bogey, but most likely going to make double. And then it's, I mean, it's game on from there. Gets the 16. That's a tough hole. You have to drive it up a hill. Um, tough approach into the green. He had good shots there. Made made par. Got the 17. It's another tough hole, kind of a dog leg, and it's got a weird green. And and um, and then 18. Obviously, if you had a good drive, you've got a good chance to make birdie. But I got to give DJ props because you know it was like DJ coast mode for three and a half rounds. You know, and then he had to kind of snap it into gear and and really focus and hit those great shots. So that's kind of what I what I took away from that. You know, if we expected DJ to win. It was a good cap to a great year, but I was. Super impressed, I and mean, he's done it before in his career. But I was just impressed to watch him really uh, grit, grit, you know, grind it out and and, and win that tournament by a couple shots. Um, that kind of leads me into this at this point. Like, where do we consider DJ among the all-time greats? You know, he's he's obviously got probably another 15 years of his career. He's 36 years old. Probably another 15 years to play like at least competitively enough to win tournaments on the PGA Tour, but. We were, we were talking earlier about uh, kind of a, a good comparison for him is Phil Mickelson. So obviously he isn't uh, quite there yet as far as the number of wins, the majors and stuff like that. But give me kind of your feel on what DJ's ceiling is and, and where his floor is uh, kind of compared to the all-time greats. Is that, I think the ceiling floor is the thing that separates him from so many. Because out of the elite guys, you might – honestly, when right now his ceiling is probably the highest out of anybody playing right now. Yep. And from what we've seen, definitely over the past last couple months, uh, but his floor, like he's liable to shoot that 81, that 82, yeah. whatever oh, that man. comes out. And I get like maybe the comparison to Phil, it's not there with wins yet, obviously, but it's the, the unknowing of what you're going to get to and the elite level of golf he can play when he's on. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if this guy won another 10 tournaments, 15 tournaments in between now and the time he retires. On top of that, maybe a couple other uh, FedEx Cup trophies and a few other major uh, majors sprinkled in there. So, I mean, it's DJ. Like comparatively speaking, Phil might not get as much credit as he should get, but I mean, DJ is the same guy we we're talking about before. Like, is he really underrated and <laughs> valued for what he how good as as he's been on tour for the yeah. his entirety of his career? So. I don't have that in front of me. I I, I would like to compare where uh, Phil was at when he was thirty six. I don't think. Yeah, he won he won some majors but i don't i don't think what was that 14 years ago so uh yeah he won he won a couple majors after after the age that age so i i i honestly believe that dj can get another 20 wins um before he's in his mid 40s i i you know if, if he he's won every a tournament every year for every year he's been on tour for 13 straight years uh if he can I mean, that's another, if he does, if he continues that track and then adds a couple more wins per year, that's, I mean, he could potentially eclipse Phil. That's where I think, I think his ceiling is. I think, I think he could finish his career with maybe a few more wins than Phil, maybe an extra major, but it's going to take a lot of work. Obviously he's got to win five majors to pass Phil. He's got, um, yeah, Phil's got five majors. DJ has one. So, he, I mean, that's obviously going to be one of his, his main goals, but I think that's a good comparison though. I think that's, that's the trajectory that if I was DJ, I would be uh, trying to maintain. Um, those would kind of be my goals to, to get to the age of 50 where Phil's at now. Um, you, with, you think about DJ as a golfer too, like 
he's one of those first, I won't say first guys, but one of those first big name quote unquote athletes playing golf too. Mm -hmm. Like he's <laughs> DJ at 36 or however old he is now compared to Phil's like oh, body yeah. comp. Like, yeah. oh, like, I don't think this, it was another, uh, I you, think know, when, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, probably it was probably another, when Phil was 36, it was probably another probably what five, six years before he was like, Hey, I should get in yeah. really good shape. <laughs> and then, uh, and like try to, you know, be yeah. an athlete essentially. So, I mean, and just listening to, I guess after the win, you know, he, he sees uh, his wife, uh, uh, what's her name? Gretzky's daughter. And he's talking Paulina. to and, uh, Paul, Paulina. And he's the announcer is talking about how this, this aura of DJ and what he is, is always this happy go lucky guy. But they were talking about how just meticulous he is about his practice routines and everything. So yeah. all, like everything seems like it's come together. Maybe, maybe he hits his stride now. Like this could be that stretch of DJ this, Oh my gosh. Like this is the dude we've expected to see for the past decade or so. So that was one of the things they were really driving home on the, 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 the coverage of the tournament was, wow, look, DJ, DJ went to the range again after his round. Yeah. Everybody was like, wow, he does practice. Well, <laughs> who knew? <laughs> yeah. So that's, that was funny, but yeah, I, I agree. I think he's, um, I would say I would think silently that he's probably got Phil's career like not literally but metaphorically slapped up on the wall and he's like I need to this is where I need to be when I'm by the time I'm 50 you know obviously Tiger is on another is in another echelon of of winning yeah. and and greatness but but Phil is going to is Phil's already an all-time great he's already a legend he's gonna go down as one of the best best golfers of all time um hell he did it for 20 years before he even got in shape. So good, good. Pudgy yeah, Phil, yeah. Pudgy Phil was killing it, man. Um, yeah. But good for, good for him. That was, that's, yeah, I think that's really interesting. That's going to be something that I'm going to enjoy about golf for the next, um, you know, we've been tiger can tiger catch Jack and stuff like that. But I kind of, I like to see where these guys go are, are going to go with their careers, especially, you know, um, there's been inconsistency among the other DJ was kind of in the same category as, as, you know, Jordan Spieth and, um, uh, you know, Ricky, Ricky hasn't really done much at all, but for, for a while it was like DJ and he was talked about among with, with these other young guys in the same kind of the same, the same breath. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, um, but I think he has clearly separated himself. He's clearly like DJ's the alpha dog, you know, Brooks Kepka's won some, some majors and he has some BDE throws around, but, but Dustin Johnson is the alpha dog of the PGA tour. And I think he probably <laughs> will be for I know. another <laughs> four or five years i, think I know i know like dj's the mystique with his his issues in the past have not been the greatest but it's funny like how you bring up brooks kepka he is that guy that doesn't practice he is that guy that kind of yeah. just shows up to the course and dj's apparently like is is like regimented regimented as anybody on tour so mm -hmm. it's just it's just funny how the perception always is not the case for the yeah. part yeah, yeah, that's just it's interesting. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, let's real quick before we get into the pre re, uh, the preview of the U.S. Open Major Championship, baby. Where I mean, second week of the of the new season, we've got a major. If anyone wasn't aware, let me just recap this. And for the next in the next calendar year, for the next uh, you know eleven months, we're gonna have six majors, two Masters, two U.S. Opens, a full slate of the PGA Tour schedule, the full FedEx Cup playoffs. It's gonna be. I mean. It was a crazy year because of 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 the of COVID nineteen. Uh, next year is going to be a little different, but it's uh it's going to be a awesome year. And we're getting it kicked off now with with the U.S. Open this week. But real quick before we get into that, let's go over the uh, just the, the the standings of our picks for last season. Uh, Keish ended up just destroying us. We'll just get through this real briefly. Uh, had ended up a lot of winners. One hundred and sixty five. <laughs> yeah, one hundred and sixty five points. A lot of he picked what seven winners throughout the year. Um, 
I ended up with 80, so less than half of that, and you had 75. Uh, pretty rough one, but we're starting fresh. We're new. We're back. Brand new season, ready to go. Double points uh, this week. Double points this week to get going, so we, we have a chance before the Masters in the next, and actually it's two months from now, uh, to kind of get a little bit of a lead if we make some good picks here. But yeah, let's start, uh, get into the preview of the U.S. Open. The course this year is Wingfoot Golf Club, the West Course. It's a par 70, 7,477 yards. I can't there's probably not many courses in the world that are that are going to be a tougher test than this than this tournament you were we were kind of going over some of the past tournament scores there uh the, the infamous 2006 us open the one where phil mickelson came in uh, to the last hole with a one-shot lead and then he ended up double bogeying the last hole to lose to jeff ogilvy that that tournament the winning score was five over five over there was nobody in red numbers um so this course is just going to be brutal I'm really looking forward to it. I kind of like uh, when they sprinkle in the, these tournaments, especially the majors and, and the, the course is just set up to kick ass and uh, it's going to be a really hard test for these guys. But um, there's been a couple of, yeah, the PGA championship in 97 was there. Davis Love won that. So there's a lot of history of this course, a lot of U.S. amateurs, uh, past U.S. Opens in the 70s and 60s and um, a lot of history here. But what can kind of give me, are, are you excited? Like, are you excited to watch a brutal test or would you prefer like, you know, easier, easier course or lower scores or kind of work. Give me where you're at feeling uh, as far as like how tough you want this course to be and, and what you want to see out of the guys uh, as far as how much they're tested. I think I'm on record saying I like to see lower, but maybe that was in the, the vacuum of the tour championship with, with 30 dudes left playing for a, a big trophy and a lot yeah, of cash. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, this maybe is what it's, it's like, for, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, but it, you go, you go into this thinking it's the U S open. It's supposed to be hard. Like it's there's some places that you you expect it to be this way and everybody knows the rough is going to be high it's going to be a premium to hit uh, fairways all day and you know not necessarily have to make a ton of putts but at least keep yourself in the game you can't find a way and uh, make a, a snowman or a seven or something on a hole and expect to uh, to contend at this course so yeah this is going to be one of those um, who you know who's hitting good shots from 60 70 yards like who's 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 making 10 15 footers uh a little more regularly than the other guys saving some pars the occasional birdie that's going to be uh the the you know 100 yards and in is going to be just extremely crucial at this uh at this course there's gonna be a lot of guys pitching out pitching out if you miss the fairway you're most most likely not going to be able to hit it towards the green we uh yeah. we posted something to our instagram earlier at big stick golf official uh it was just a a, a video kind of of a close-up of a guy just tossing balls into the rough from about, I don't know, but three feet in the air and watching the different ways that the ball would nuzzle into that rough was just, uh, was just crazy. It's going to be the first ball he threw literally disappeared. I, I wouldn't even be able to tell you how um, they even where we even find it. We were talking a bit earlier about how this course is probably going to require extra marshals and people aligning the fairways just to look out for where the balls are going. It's just going to be absolutely brutal. So I think that the, the guys that are doing the are the, the most efficient from a hundred yards and in, those are the guys that are going to be towards the top of the leaderboard. Obviously there's going to be some guys that are, you know, hitting, you know, uh, 12 out of 14 fairways every day. And, and those are guys are obviously going to have a lot a better chance to shoot low, but um, I think the, the scramble game is going to set some guys up to potentially, I think courses like this, there's a lot of tournaments on the PGA tour where you have to shoot, you know, six, seven under per round, um, to stay in the chance just to right. have a chance and, and I think that an open the U.S. open like this where it's 
It's just brutal conditions, brutal setup. It really kind of, I think it does kind of bring the field together. I think there's going to be a lot more guys that have a chance to win uh, this week than would otherwise if they're playing a course where low numbers were required to be in contention. But um, that's kind of what I'm expecting out of uh, out of the field this week. But yeah, what you got? Oh, yeah. To what you're saying too. So it it really it puts guys in a situation where you have to think the game a little bit more too. And mm-hmm. a lot of times you can just hit it over, you know, whatever. I can hit it over this, and I don't have to worry about bunkers or anything like that. But like you have to really strategize and think about how you're going to play this hole. What does it mean if I hit it here? Where can I play this shot? And like exactly where where are the safe spots? Because every course has its dead zones. It's just the U.S. Opens might be everywhere that's not short grass. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, just a brief to hit on this briefly again. The the 2006 Open was just was just wild. Uh, just absolutely heartbreaking finish for Phil Mickelson. Um, I mean, I can't imagine. He's he's come in second place in six different U.S. Opens. It's the only major he hasn't won yet. He even squeaked out a British Open kind of randomly, like in the middle of the 2000s. But uh, so that's that's gonna be interesting to see to see Phil return back. Um, some another thing that I thought was interesting was since due to COVID, uh, they weren't able to do the the typical qualifying um, setup for the U.S. Open. So they typically it's it's regional qualifiers and if you finish at a certain point you go to the sectional qualifiers and then the top two or three from each sectional it's it gets in and then there's different ways to qualify overseas and stuff like that but this week they had um this year they've had to i think there's they just had to make new kind of new random stipulations for qualifying for this tournament there's guys that were qualified through the through the corn Ferry tour european tour um obviously some amateurs they were able to have the u.s amateur and stuff like that uh but but it's just interesting to see how they were uh, they put this field together because they weren't able to have the typical qualifying um so there's going to be a lot of you know as is kind of always with the open championships there's going to be a lot of names that people have never heard of huge field huge huge field i think there's like 156 guys or something like that but so that'll be interesting who, who knows we may get a, a guy on the corn fairy tour <laughs> up there <laughs> competing for a u.s open like random i wouldn't have had a chance otherwise i mean they can all play in the qualifiers but i mean you'll, you'll get guys that aren't qualified you know, guys that are staples on the tour playing in those sectional qualifiers um so that, that'll be interesting to watch um some more field notes brooks kepka obviously is out he has an injury uh, that's that's kind of a big probably the biggest name that isn't going to be there um what was it uh scotty scheffler uh has covid and and uh that's what that's got to be the first case of COVID on tour since what Harbor town. Uh, maybe not was the, the travelers the tournament. Maybe. After, yeah. Yeah. The travelers. Uh, it's been a while, but we haven't had one. And unfortunately for Scotty, he, he was probably partying or something, man. The guy played so well this year, he ended up winning rookie of the year uh, yeah. over, over the likes of uh, Morikawa and, and Matt Wolf and um, Hovland and, you know, guys that we thought we were going to have but Scotty Scheffler. He didn't get a win, but he was so consistent throughout the year so that's gonna be a, a, a big name he probably would have had a decent chance this week the way he's playing uh tiger's gonna be there this week obviously he's going for his 16th major uh 83rd um win if he was able to pull that off um a couple other guys i think for the most part the rest of the top you know top players in the world are all going to be there um xander john rom uh there's a lot of a lot of good groups this week it's gonna be interesting to to see how everyone kind of manages to tackle this this tough setup but um anything else you're kind of looking forward to as far as the course goes or uh who you know the the field or anything like that uh before um as we as we get ready for this tournament um 
not really with that. I guess it's just unreal how we've got a major that just popped up. And, yeah. It's just, it is crazy. Like it, it, it doesn't um, really, it, it feels weird. It's just like, but it feels. The like, buildup doesn't feel like it's been like, maybe just because the, the tour championship just ended and everything, yeah. but. Like, Man, man, these guys, these guys have been playing uh, practice rounds for, a, you know, kind of sprinkled in there for a few weeks now. So everybody's yeah. taking it super seriously. It's, it's business as usual um, on one of the toughest courses in the world. It would obviously be a huge win for whoever, whoever pulls it off this week. Um, I, I'm interested to see, you know, what I don't, I don't know if it's going to affect it, but there's just like, you know, weird weather going on. There's like hurricanes and stuff around. And I don't know if any of that's going to affect the New York area, but if it does a little bit to so throw some weather into that situation would be just crazy. I don't know if, if softer conditions would uh, help them or hurt them. Uh, I, I think that obviously the wind, if it was windy, yeah, it would, it's going gonna... It's gonna to hurt, but um, so it'll be interesting to see. I'm kind of interested to see how the weather is uh, going to treat them this week, but um, yeah, that's, that's looking forward to it, man. The U S open. Um, okay. So before we get to our picks of the week and then our one big thing, we'll get out of here. But before we get going, be sure to go check our friends out at Torchbearer Sauces. As always, you can find them at torchbearersauces.com. You can uh, go use the promo code nine iron at checkout the word nine, or sorry, the word, the number nine, the word iron at checkout, get 20% off. Be sure to go follow us at a big stick golf official on all the handles bigstickgolf.com. We're going to have, we've got our betting uh, picks of the week out. Uh, we're going to get our preview of the tournament out as well if they can if they get these these featured groups set man i don't know why it's what takes them it seems like they're the last out. like last like out. oh they're out okay okay so we'll yeah, get that out. up on the website yeah we'll get them up um look, there's a lot of good groups this week i know i saw that Finau, uh dj and bryson are playing in a group that's just like <laughs> the bomb i call them the bomb squad that i can't think of a, a, a group of three guys that probably so any further. uh tiger morikawa and justin thomas at eight of seven Finau, DJ Bryson, Matt Wolf, Ricky Fowler, Vic, Victor Hovland. That's a good group. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Justin Rose, Rory, Adam Scott. A lot of overseas flair there. Paul Casey, Phil Mickelson, and John Rahm. Uh, Patrick Reed, Jordan Spieth, and Hideki. Webb Simpson, Jason Day, and Sergio round out there for the feature group so uh you, you mentioned jordan spieth I, I let's hit on him a second he missed the cut at the safeway last week he played uh i think he only shot like two under through two rounds maybe i think maybe four under through two rounds but he was i, I don't think he was close to making the cut the, the course was set up pretty easy i mean stewart sink one with like he was 20 something under par but jordan spieth man i we've we've talked about this a lot lately but <laughs> I just – do you expect anything out of him anymore? Is it – like, I don't want to say is it over. Like, he may potentially do something randomly, but do you expect him to get back to being a consistent staple uh, as far as the guys that are going to be in contention on, on tour? Um, Consistently, no. I think he's going to flash in the pan. until I feel like at some point he's going to have to change something. Yeah. Whatever he's been doing, maybe it's a coaching change. Maybe it's somebody on his bag change. Maybe it's a lifestyle. I don't – like, whatever he's been doing, like, Something has to change. There's a variable yeah. in there that's not consistent enough for him. Because you see, you see flashes of it, like a lot of these guys we talk about every week. Mm -hmm. But it's man, it's bad when it's bad. Like it's, it would. It's, it's just like he's lost out there. Yeah, it's just insane to me that you, I, I can't think of a guy that I, you know who peaks when in their early twenties. You know, like who uh, without people, an injury. Like yeah, yeah, him, yeah. It's just crazy. Like he, like he was so good. He was so like every, every week he was in contention for, it was probably for three or four years, but I mean, he won majors. He won. I mean, he, he set the record for the master's lowest score. And he was I mean, like lapping the field. Good. Yeah. Like, he was like, 
he was winning tournaments by five, six shots. He was making bunker yeah. shots and playoffs. Like it was crazy. He was like the best player in the world. And, and uh, man, it's just, there's, I mean, maybe we'll see like a 30 for 30 or about this or something one day, but I'm just interested in general, just what happened, like why I'm sure everybody is for a little bit, but it's just wild to see that, to see a guy who was so, so good at, at, at the age of 20, 21, um, potentially the best golfer in the world. Uh, I don't know if he ever got to the world number one rankings and stuff like that, but to see him, to just see him just be just so mediocre now, it's just, it's just wild. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't really pinpoint anything cause he's kind of not really doing anything well anymore. So it's just kind of like he, uh, I don't know. So I guess, I guess it would be super surprising if, if he was in contention, <laughs> I would just be, that's where I'm at right now. Like I would just be, um, just shocked if, if Spieth was in contention at this point. Um, okay. So let's get to our picks. Hopefully it's going to go a little bit better and be a little bit more parody this year than, start, uh, baby. than last year, <laughs> but, uh, let's get, so, so just to recap everybody, I've got the wrong note here, but we're going to do winners sleepers and there's a cut again. So we're going to be doing uh, most surprising player to miss the cut. Um, the winners, we typically do guys that are, uh, what is it? Plus like just probably the top 10 or 15 favorites. favorites. Yeah. yeah. And then we, we pick out of those, the sleepers are guys kind of in the, the middle of the pack. And then you have to be, I think, odds of plus 5,000 or better to pick your most surprising player to miss the cut. So let's get into it. You're going to go first since you finished in last in last year's standings. Sorry <laughs> to bring that up again. I know it's, uh, it's not sitting well with us, but all right. So give us uh, let's start out with your sleeper this week. I'm really going to think outside the box, you know, and, and go with uh, John Rahm. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, big one. That's a, <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go with the second or third favorite in the field. Just He was a guy like I, you know, he, 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 he was a little bit of a roller coaster in the tour championship too, but you know, he, he still kept making kind of making some things happen. He didn't quite make enough things happen. Made a few too many bogeys down the stretch there to, to really push DJ and, and, and Xander at that point. But um, he's, he can't really pick a better guy at this point. He's playing yeah. about as well as anybody in the world right now. That's a, that's a really solid. I mean, he's, and for me too, was looking at the, the two toughest tournaments he, that have been played since the restart were Murfield and then Olympia fields, the BMW yeah. he wins both of those. <laughs> um, he's, he's probably the guy um, he's got, you know, he's got the strength to, to kind of manage the, the rough a little bit better than other guys. Long. And he's really like, good with his wedges, but he, he's one of those guys that if he's doing well from within a hundred yards, if he's hitting his wedges close, making putts, getting up and down, making some, some lengthier putts throughout the course of the tournament that kind of sets you apart from people. He's going to be, He's right DJ there. like, like he's, oh, yeah. he's that ceiling guy. So basically like if, if Rom puts well this week, he's probably going to be right there at the end. Like yeah. that's kind of where he's at as far as his form and, and the consistency he's showing and, and just his power. And, and, and if, if you add the, the, if he's, if he's, if his short game is on, like it was the kind of the last few tournaments of the year, um, the guy's going to be right there. That's a great pick. So I'm going to go with another guy who, this is a guy who I think is just like ready. He's just like, he's, He's ready to just grit it out. Like, I, I just love what he's kind of doing with his game and, and his, his attitude. I've loved the interviews he's, he's, he gave during the Tour Championship. I'm going to go with Justin Thomas. He's, uh, he's kind of unapologetically like, yeah, I was the best player this year. Uh, he ended up winning the, the player of the year. Um, I can't remember if it was like what, how that – it was like a points standings or something that determined that. I don't know if it was like media vote or anything like that. But um, he ended up winning player of the year. He was unapologetically saying, I'm player of the year. Uh, I think he probably thinks in his head he's he's the best player in the world, but he just hasn't had the the wins in the last part of the year like DJ and Rom surpassed him. I think he's going to have a lot 
uh, chip on his shoulder, even though he really shouldn't. But I, I hope he's going to be like Michael Jordan, where he just kind of manufactures a chip and places it on his shoulder. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go JT this week. I'd love to see him get a, get his first uh, U.S. Open. That'd be awesome. So I, I'm, that's where I'm at, man. All right, give us uh, what, who's Keish going with for his uh, win. So uh, again, people, if you want to pick winners, just listen to Keish's pick every week because there's a good chance it's probably going to pan out at least throughout the course of the year. You'll probably and, win some money, but so and this is a guy that he won some money on. It's uh, Colin Marikawa. Morikawa. He won some money Morikawa. on his PGA Championship pick. Nailed it. Picked the rookie yeah. and the rookie won. So. Uh, I mean, that, is yeah. he technically a rookie this year? Not anymore. No, he yeah. he he technically was for yeah. the PGA Championship, but as, as of last week, I guess yeah. no, he's not anymore. Yeah, so uh, there'll be a new crop of rookies this year. I don't think I, don't, I haven't heard anybody that's going to be nearly as uh, um, impactful as a lot of the rookies were this past year. So that's I think that's going to go down as one of the all-time great kind of rookie classes. But um, but Morikawa, I mean, he's yeah. He as far as his game goes, if he's hitting it consistently off the tee. Um, which is what was one of his strengths at the uh, PGA Championship. And he's got the iron play, obviously. He's one of the best ball strikers in the world. Um, you know, if, if he hits it well off the tee, he, he has his putter rolling a little bit. I, I, yeah, absolutely, Morikawa's going to be right there. Um, he, he's, he's just, yeah, it's pretty, pretty impressive to see a guy who in our minds is kind of, kind of an unflappable player uh, at, at the age of 21, 22. So props to Morikawa. That's a, that's a good pick as well. All right, moving on to our sleepers. Uh, who you got for your uh, sleeper this week? I'm going to go with Matthew Fitzpatrick. And the logic behind this is essentially the same as it was with Rom. Um, he played well. He finished third at the uh, Memorial and then finished his T6, I think, at uh, the BMW Olympia Fields. He's a guy that hits a ton of fairways, isn't really going to lose himself out in the rough or anything like that. Plays uh, relatively conservative. And when he's playing well, he's making putts. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Matt. Uh, I like it. Yeah, he's a he's he's got a super under the radar, uh, but it, his his odds to win are right up there with a lot of the kind of well known um, staples of the tour. Uh, he's I think he's right there with like where kind of right where Tiger and uh, like Tyrrell Hatton guys like that are. Um, so that's a good pick. It wouldn't surprise me if he won, but it would be still be a, a good sleeper pick. So I like that Matthew Fitzpatrick. All right, uh, I'm my my pick this week. <laughs> it, it it has no logic behind it. it is purely feelings. It's all just, it's just what I want to happen. It has, there's no science behind it. There's no reason why I think this is even possible. I'm going to go with my sleeper with, with the golden child, Phil Mickelson, just because I want to see it happen. I'll, I'm going to pitch you an idea uh, for our one big thing before we go about Phil, but uh, this is just a purely emotional pick. Phil Mickelson <laughs> sleeper this week, 50 years old, baby. Let's do it. He's in shape now. He's hitting bombs. His social media is on point. That doesn't that doesn't really make any sense as far as winning golf tournaments, but who cares? Phil Mickelson, do it this week, baby. I want to get off to a good start this year with for like an all time great tournament. So Phil Mickelson, let's let's do this. So all right, give us a Keisha sleeper, Matthew Wolf. I like it. Um, I don't really, I don't know. Again, like this course, like uh, it's gonna be interesting to see who it's suited for, who's who's kind of playing it well. When I think of Matt Wolf, I don't think of a guy who's necessarily going to be accurate enough off the tee, or um, maybe not quite as good with his his wedges and short game yet. But he's a guy. He's he's a streaky player. If he if he puts it together, is really feeling it. Um, hits a lot of fairways and and greens and makes some putts. Like wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, he's he's a guy that has shown that he can he can really tear it up when he's feeling it. Uh, maybe a little less consistent than some of those other rookies like Morikawa and uh, Hovland and Scotty Scheffler and those guys have been, but 
he's a guy his ceiling is is up there so i like that that's a that's a good super pick there um okay so let's move on to our biggest names to miss the cut who uh he got this week i probably have the biggest name um i'm gonna <laughs> go with tiger woods and oh, my heart it sucks to say but <laughs> it's weird to be at the point where i feel like i have to see it with him mm-hmm. and just I, I know all the talk with the back end of the uh the last season was, you know, he's gearing up for the U.S. Open. He's gearing up for the U.S. Open. I don't know if there's a lot of gearing up for this place. Like, it's kind of – it's it's one of those deals where if you're not playing well, you're not playing well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if he ends up bad off the tee like he has been and struggling with his uh, his iron play, which is especially going to be tough through uh, about a foot of rough this week, uh, I, don't, I don't really see him playing well this week. Yeah, I think there's a good chance we're going to get a lot of uh, interesting tiger scrambling highlights this week. <laughs> he's probably yeah. he's going to be hitting some crazy shots out of those. He's going to have to showcase it this week. Yeah, and I, honestly, like I don't, you know, it, but he's it, probably going to win because I picked him to miss the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Back in the day, well, I would love that. So I like yeah. it. Just take one for the team. Um, yeah. Back in the day, though, I think you know he. I don't know if he's going to be as, um, uh, like I guess likely to try to hit big shots out of the rough and stuff like that. He's going to have to be a little conservative given his health. He doesn't want to tweak anything. So it's going to be scramble tiger this week. We'll see if he puts it together well enough. He's going to have to activate those glutes this week. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't putting well at the end of the year. He, 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 he was hitting the ball pretty well. He just, he, you know, he played at the Northern trust and the BMW just wasn't, just wasn't hitting putts. Uh, That was, that was his biggest kind of flaw. But if he's hitting fairways and he's making some putts, then tiger has a good chance. But um you know, we saw him obviously at the Masters last year. He's still, you know, is he capable of doing that again on a on a course like this? Uh, maybe not quite like Augusta, where he's that's kind of a course that he owns and he's played a million times. But I, I would love it'll be interesting. So it wouldn't surprise me if he missed the cut though. So that's that's probably a pretty solid pick. Uh, I'm gonna go with my biggest name to miss the cut. I'm gonna go with a guy that I, you know, he wasn't really impressed with him after COVID, and and he's he's a big name on tour, and people kind of expect things out of him. Um, but I, I just, he missed some cuts and didn't really get in contention very much towards the end of the year. Um, I, I'm going to go with Patrick Cantlay. Um, don't really have much stuff to add to that than the fact that just kind of based on what we've seen the last couple of months, like just hasn't, hasn't really put it together uh, recently. So I'm going to go with Patrick Cantlay there. We'll see. But again, again, wouldn't surprise me if he's, he's up there at the end, uh, calling everyone pampered and stuff like that. Like he, he's known to do, but, uh, so Patrick Cantlay for my, my biggest name is a cut. So give us uh so close it out. Give us Keisha's biggest name. Tony Finau. Yeah, that's a, that's another guy, you know, if he's missing fairways, not, not putting well, uh, it wouldn't surprise me, but he, he was playing pretty I well. I feel like he's playing pretty good. At the, yeah. He's been playing, playing well in the tour played. championship. Yeah. Um, you know, he obviously he made a run there. It's been it became a bit of a meme uh, in a couple of months ago where he was you know fourth fourth round Tony gonna choke again like a little bit of a meme yeah. there so I I don't know if there's enough data to really staple that as part of his uh, game but um, I yeah he, he's a guy I'm always rooting for uh, hopefully he doesn't miss the cut but it wouldn't surprise me if he does so good pick there Keish um, all right so those are our picks this week we'll get that posted uh, so you can kind of recap if you want to on all the all the handles and uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, probably Keish coming back with uh, 200 points next week. So we'll see how <laughs> we'll see. Uh, all right. So before we get out of here, let's, let's go, let's do this one big thing. So I, I want to pose a question out of all the all time tournaments, all the, the ones that you can remember, the ones that are historical, um, you know, Jack 86, obviously Tiger won in the masters last year. 
the just the, the biggest tournaments that you could possibly think of as far as just the context and how it went down and, and just the most memorable tournaments. Phil Mickelson, age 50, if he wins this U.S. Open, given the history that he has at Wingfoot, the fact that he, uh, he blew a, a one-shot lead on 18 last time, the fact that he still doesn't have a U.S. Open, the fact that it's, not, it's the one major he doesn't have, um, the one that would round out, basically it would put a, a, a finishing, a, a cherry a, on the top of his end. career. Like it's, yeah, a bookend. It, it would 50, be like he's here. Like, he could take a breath and say, I've accomplished everything I ever wanted to accomplish. So give me, where would this, if Phil wins this tournament at age 50, where would that lie on kind of your, your all-time list of tournaments? Jeez, that's a pretty loaded question, but I guess it depends on how he does it. Like, if this dude runs away with this, it's good. At, like, oh, that'd be incredible. The guy that runs away with it, I think. Like tiger, tiger at the tiger at the, the two thousand U.S. Open, yeah, tiger pebble at pebble, <laughs> like fifteen uh, shots. God, if you do that, I don't, I don't know. And if, what if we got a, what if we got he a would tiger? Have like, he would have like the angels in the outfield guy, like. Yeah. like guiding him through his swings the whole time that's what you know, I would... what i need is phil to be on like 16 to 18 have that three-stroke lead again and like be able to to, to relive this moment on these teams for the love of god phil hit iron off of 18 <laughs> just hit an iron god god just if we got something iron. like if we Ugh. got a final round phil and tiger together that'd oh be my god incredible. Okay, well, in that situation, it would be by far. Oh, yeah, that's by far. <laughs> Phil and Tiger with, like, a 10-shot lead going into Sunday. <laughs> Those two. I just – It would already be the most incredible golf tournament. They, there's time. no way they'd be able to keep people off the course. Like, every yeah. people jumping as fan. Like, there's no way. I might caravan to New York. Screw it. <laughs> yeah. Just to watch that. Um, yeah, so – I there, mean, but him, him winning here would be something special. At, yeah. At a place that he – is one of his many how many times have you finished second you said uh two or three times six times six times he's finished six, six he's finished okay. second at the u.s open six times so yeah definitely for for him especially the sentimental moment we're gonna see that all these clips popping up of phil like everything the fanfare that'd be perfect like it, i can still remember Payne stewart when Payne stewart oh, won yeah. his u.s open that was over phil um that was in the 90s yeah, uh, yeah, that, that fist pump. The Pinehurst. You know, I think he passed away like a, less yeah. than a year later. Um, and then obviously the the tragedy. I can't remember the other tournaments that he came in second, but the tragedy at, at Wingfoot coming back there. The history. I think you know my feeling is I, I for me it's Jack eighty six and Tiger twenty nineteen Masters. Like those are in my mind those are the top two. Like as far as the just the situation and and golf is a lot of like it's not just. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot going on. There's a lot of history and, and, yeah. and, uh, you know, Jack 86 was just like, Hey, look, this old 46 year old guy won the match. Was cool. cool. Yeah. Tiger, Tiger was just crazy. It was just, you know, after Golly. all the turmoil in his career, all the years that passed without him winning a major, the questions people had, would he ever even, whatever. Tiger winning on one leg against Rocco media. Yeah. Like that, that stuff. Oh duel God. Yeah. That, that was a good one. Yeah. 2000. The duel in the sun, like uh, the, Jack and Tom Watson. Yep. The oh yeah yeah so there's some tournaments I'm 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 not remembering because I you know if I was growing up back then I would probably have yeah. more but yeah Tiger 08. Tiger uh, on one leg is probably the one that I think about like just how that happened and yeah just incredible the putts that he made like the yeah. you know his celebration stuff like that that yeah that sticks around um I think I, I think it, it it hasn't really I I still don't think it settled in for me that Tiger won the Masters last year it's still yeah. kind of fresh like a man but I mean I remember rewatching the uh, earlier that this was year. goosebumps that that was like. Yeah. Oh yeah, and we I had was, just gotten the East Lake 
the year before that? Yeah. And like, you I was lucky it, enough it to be at East Lake. That was just, man, it was just, I, I can't like, I, I was so tense watching, watch, watching Tiger at the masters. You know, he, he came to 18 with a, what was it? A two shot lead and he ended up making yeah. bogey. But I was like, still just like, Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> it was so intense. I don't think I've ever cared so much. That's right. Cause Kepka makes a putt on 18 that mm-hmm. he thought was going to break. If he makes that putt, they're probably going to playoff. Oh yeah. Like, Tiger and Brooks. How tight um, that would have been. Oh yeah. So, I mean, I think Phil, I think this would be right up there with Tiger and, and, and Jack's uh, masters wins. I, I mean, I really, I mean, when I'm the year, I think it would, I, huh, th- this was so devastating the year that uh, Tom Watson almost won the, the British the US Open. Or, yeah, or the like British a, he went like a triple on 18 or something. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I think he got into a playoff because of that, that was just like, that was just yeah. devastating. So that, that would have been up there. Like it wouldn't, that would have been even more incredible than this. Cause I think he was like 59 or something at the yeah. 60, maybe at the time it was just like, how is this guy doing this? And, so Phil, I, that would give me kind of a, a similar feeling. Uh, Phil's obviously still, you know, you, you consider him like he's not old yet, but he's, uh, you know, it's just like given the history, given the fact that he's fifty, given the how tough this course is, how it, it probably doesn't really suit his game at this point anymore. Yeah, it would just be an incredible display. And so. he's, he's gonna be playing with some absolute killers too. Yeah, like you've got DJ, oh, yeah. JT, John Rahm, even Rory's lurking. Uh, There's a lot more guys Sander, like in the modern all over the place. Yeah, a lot more guys in the modern game are capable of of winning yeah. uh, a major, and so it would just make it that much more incredible. That's what made Tigers win even more incredible last year. So um, I I would put it up there if if, if Phil can uh, even if he's in contention. Um, I, I think this is going to go down as an all-time. Even man, the, the fact that there's no fans—that would be just how disappointing Ooh. would that be if Phil won? I need Phil, Phil won to like be no fans, be leading after round one. Like, how great would that be? <laughs> that would just be Phil's out there, just man, up just incredible. Two, three strokes. <laughs> the, the, I mean, this Sunday we could potentially have Phil competing in the U.S. Open, uh, NFL Sunday, got NBA playoffs. Oh yeah, like, man, we got yeah. <laughs> what a what a time, man. This COVID, COVID sucks, but it's it's it's. I don't know. We've got a lot of sports to watch right now. So it's, uh, it's interesting, but, um, yeah, but that was my one big thing. I think if Phil uh, is in contention, if, if, if that qualifies uh, as a one huge thing, I think one huge thing. Bad. There we go. Yeah. The hugest thing. Yeah. Um, huge. That's, I think it'll go down as one of the all time great tournaments, but even though there's no fans, which is uh, disappointing, but, but that's it. Um, that's it for us on the big stick golf podcast. As always uh, much appreciated. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, before we get going, be sure to follow, like, subscribe, all those good things on our handles, uh, Big Stick Golf Official. We're going to get the uh, the preview article up uh, here shortly. We'll also um, – we've got the betting picks up, so go check that out if you want to win some money. We've been pretty good, man. We've been picking some picking some killers uh, the past, you know, since COVID came back so or since the tour came back from COVID. So um, be sure to go check that out, get your, get your picks in. Um, that's, that's it for us though. Enjoy the U S open. We'll be back next week, uh, recapping all of this, getting you ready for, uh, the kind of the, the upcoming schedule before we get the masters in a couple of months. But thank you again for listening. That's it for us. So long. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Big Stick Golf Podcast. I mean, the crowd was unbelievable. We should see the best players in the world. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. I wish we could play in front of crowds like this, you know, every single week. Until next time, take care. Otto Palmer is the master champion of 1960. He has birdies.